Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Thank you so much for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today on the program, we are talking about bad air and not just how it impacts our breathing, but also how it can impact our mental health. With me today is Dr. Liz Joy. She's from Intermountain Healthcare. She's the Senior Medical Director of Wellness and Nutrition. Dr. Joy, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Talk about, okay, we know that it's bad for us to breathe in you know, all of these particles that are in the air. But how does it actually impact us as far as mentally? Well, you know, the blood-brain barrier that we often hear about doesn't really protect us all that well from some, you know, environmental exposures. And uh, bad particulate pollution, um, particularly the small particles like PM2.5, they can actually cross the blood-brain barrier, go into brain cells, and they can cause direct effects on brain cells themselves. And we think that that inflammation that occurs in the brain, similar to the inflammation that may occur in airways or in blood vessels, causing lung and heart disease, also contributes to some of the mood disturbance and other neurocognitive defects that can occur as a result of air pollution. So that seems astounding. I mean, we all know that we feel a little bit down when it's a really gray day and we're socked in. But this is something that is even more physical in in nature. Right. You know, it's it's not only that, you know, when you have bad air and it's cold and you're stuck inside and maybe you're not outside enjoying the sunshine, getting some exercise, um, doing things with friends, you know, which does make people feel a little gloomy in and of itself. But yes, it actually has a direct toxic effect on the brain itself. Wow. So tell me why Intermountain Healthcare is very concerned about this and what you hope to do to help people through this in inversion times. Well, Intermountain has had an air quality and health team that I have the pleasure of co-chairing for many years. You know, um, Dr. Charles Sorensen, one of our former CEOs, you know, he asked if I would lead a team that would address air quality and its impact on health so that we could perform research, provide education, um, educate uh, not only our patients, but also our providers about how to better care for people with respect to poor air quality, which is a, a kind of a unique concern here in Utah, given our, our topography. So we have a long history of working in this space. And um, emerging research is expanding at a very rapid rate, looking at the relationship between air quality or air pollution and all sorts of adverse health effects, including brain health. Right. Let's talk about some of those other adverse health effects. We don't, don't want to minimize the impact uh, on our lungs, 
per se. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you're breathing in um, air pollution, whether it's particulate pollution in the winter or ozone pollution in the summertime, it can cause, you know, direct um, adverse effects on lung tissue itself. So, for example, ozone pollution in the summer, you know, which is colorless, odorless gas, you know, caused by um, sunlight in combination with something called volatile organic compounds, um, is known to actually cause asthma in children. And particulate pollution, which is what we see during the inversion, you know, that's what we can smell, taste, see, um, that can cause problems like um, exacerbate asthma and uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or emphysema in people. So definitely lung problems are, in some respects, first and foremost. We have heard the warnings for years. Uh, people who have heart or respiratory illnesses, this is a day that they should be aware of. And I'm sure those people are well aware of days. People with asthma ha- know, are well aware of those red air days. But is there a group of people that may not be as aware that is at risk. You're talking about children. Yeah. So, you know, kids tend to spend more time outside than adults do. Um, They breathe faster and they take deeper breaths, you know, so they can, you know, kind of move those particulate pollution uh, particles, you know, deeper in their lungs and um, get more of a burden of air pollution than an adult might. I mean, you know, generally at lunchtime, we're not going out for recess. You know, and We'd kids like are. to. But. Exactly, exactly. So for sure, kids are at greater risk. We consider the elderly at greater risk also related to air pollution uh, because they have more burden of disease. So they may have diabetes, um, high blood pressure. They may have um, known or, or occult heart disease. Um, they may have a past history of stroke or be at risk for stroke. And all of those conditions can be made worse by air pollution. Yeah. How does air pollution impact us in the cold and flu season? Does it actually uh, create an environment where we're more likely to get a cold or the flu? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually did a study looking at this in children several years ago. And we hypothesized that the relationship between um, air pollution and respiratory infections was several fold. One, was that when um, it's cold and gloomy and inversions are poor, people tend to stay inside more. You know, they're around, they may be around other sick people. So that creates an increased opportunity for exposure. Um, The second thing is that um, air pollution uh, creates inflammation in the airways. And so when you are actually exposed to a virus or a bacteria and you already have underlying inflammation, you know, you're more likely to actually go from an exposure to an infection. And then if you have an infection in combination with inflammation from um, air pollution, it actually makes your symptoms worse. And so you've got exposure, infection, worsening symptoms, and then you're more likely to need higher cost healthcare utilization in an emergency room or admission to the hospital. Right. Parents are so bombarded. We all are bombarded with so much information that becomes kind of like noise. Right. So when a parent hears information like this, how do they how do you hope it will impact them and how they treat their children and bad air days and all of that? Well, I think, you know, we just have to be informed. And I, you know, tell my patients all the time, I pull out my iPhone, you know, and I say, download this app, airnow.gov, you know, where you can see what the air quality or AQI is. Um, Because that air quality index can help guide decision making about whether you're going to go for a walk as a family, um, or you're going to go for a run, 
Um, and, you know, an informed parent, you know, is a parent who's now in control of, you know, or at least in better control of their child's health um, or their own health um, or the health of other loved ones. So uh, that's kind of the first step, I think, is is to know that, you know, you have access to information and that information can guide your decision making. Right. Because it seems to me that you want balance. You don't want to give parents this message that, hey, you don't want your kids outside running and playing and doing all sorts of things. You, and because sometimes it does – it looks worse than it actually is outside. Yeah, a- absolutely. No, I, I I mean we want people to be as physically active as possible. That's kind of how I got into this business of air quality and health is I'm a sports medicine physician, you know, and I want people to be physically active outdoors, especially here in Utah. It's so beautiful. Um, but I did notice that there was a lack of – kind of a connection between our physical activity recommendations and, you know, environmental health, you know, and how do we put them together in a way that, again, people are informed, they can make um, decisions for themselves. So, you know, even on bad air days, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you can't be physically active. Um, Maybe it means, uh, you know, in some kid for some kids, they do an indoor recess that day, you know, if it's really bad. Um, Or um, adults, we would say, you know, exercise in the morning before the commute starts. Because, again, most of the particulate pollution in Utah is uh, comes from our tailpipes. So the worst time, you know, the worst air quality is going to be between about 7 in the morning and 9 in the morning, and then from about 4.30 to 6.30 at night. So, you know, those would be times to maybe avoid doing outdoor physical activity. Or if you are going to be physically active during those times, Um, to do so away from heavily trafficked roadways, or if you had the opportunity to maybe go to a higher elevation so you're above the inversion, which we can do here in Utah. Right. How, what are the cues for a parent? I know when a parent, when a child has asthma, the parent knows. I mean, that happens very early in life. But for a parent who may not know if their child is borderline, what are some some of the cues, tips, or things that they can look for? Well, certainly, you know, a child who gets a really bad cough every time they get a cold, you know, may indicate some reactive airway disease, that combination of both a viral illness plus air quali- poor air quality or air pollution. Um, you know, kids that are constantly rubbing at their eyes, they have a constant runny nose. You know, that air pollution is causing that irritation. And so I've had a number of patients, you know, and we've had a pretty good, we've had a pretty good air quality season so far this winter, right? Plenty of snowstorms coming through. But um, I have had a few patients come into my office just saying that they've got, you know, kind of red, irritated eyes. You know, they've been coughing since December. They have a constantly runny nose. You know, and it's not that they've had a cold, you know, since December. It's probably related to air pollution. Right. I am speaking with Dr. Liz Joy, and today we are talking about bad air, how it impacts us both physically and mentally. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.